He's involved in a number of businesses. He's a great role model. Telling it like it is. Giving you both sides of the story. This is Cats at Night. Great American, a great New Yorker. Now, here's John Katsimatidis. This is John Katsimatidis, Cats at Night, the number one show at 5 o'clock. And we're here to deliver the news. You don't get it anywhere else. You get all the news that's... uh, we can we can say. I mean, we can talk about the truth. What is uh, it? Truth, justice, and the American way. Where is that thing? Truth, justice, and the American way. Where, where's the Superman? Uh, George yes. Reeves. Thing? George Reeves. Uh, and uh, in the studio with us, we have uh, Judge uh, Richard Weinberg. We have Ed Cox and Curtis Lewa. Yes, you stopped by. Yeah, I came out of the subway to join you. Well, the, uh, the, the pigeons needed feeding. Yeah. Well, well look look at this shirt that I have. Hold on a second. Who's look. that? My God, that's a lot of birds. Oh. I really just like pigeons. Okay, that's what his shirt says. We got to get social media on that. How about the bird, the bird flu? <laughs> uh, and my sidekick, Lydia Serrani. How are you, Lydia? Lydia? I'm, I am doing well, sir. We got a fantastic show for everyone. We are going to be speaking with Paul Launces. Did I say his last name correctly? Yes. Launces. And he's going to be talking about Warren Buffett. He made the Wall Street Journal. That was a big article. On Saturday. Yep. Vito Fasella. He'll be talking to us about the Ferry Hawks. And, every- and the Amazon uh, vote. The Amazon vote happened. Stay tuned to find out what happened. And political commentator George Arts will talk about how they're trying to get rid of the Ed Koch uh, name off the 59th Street Bridge. And Dr. Peter Mikolos, there's a new co- COVID vaccine. It's like a regular vaccine. So more on that. But first on the line, it's Monday, Bill O'Reilly. He's a prolific author. He's a historian. He's a teacher. He's an anchorman. He's got it all. And his latest book, Killing the Killers, The Secret War Against Terrorists, came out today, didn't it? Tomorrow, oh, Lydia, tomorrow. but thanks for mentioning it. Yes, Killing um, the Killers. Certainly pre-order it today and uh, get it fast. There you Bill go. O'Reilly, what's on your mind today? Um, You know, I... I want to plug the book, but I don't want to. I don't want to do that now. My monologue tonight at nine o'clock was the um, story about the Blasio owing one point five million, and then living in a luxurious hotel in Brooklyn at the same time. And I kind of said, whatever communist country I've ever visited, it's the same thing. Whereas the people in charge, the fat cats, they all live large and run up huge tabs, even though they're communists and everybody's supposed to be equal economically. They they don't walk the communist walk. And I think that's what we're seeing with de Blasio here. I predicted he will uh, file for bankruptcy because he's never going to be able to pay the $1.5 And some of that's to the city for car services and protection and things like that. Well, Bill, we were at the Inner Circle dinner on Saturday night, and uh, Bill de Blasio, uh, he ran over and insisted on taking a picture with me. Yeah. I hope you charged him for it, John. <laughs> he was so happy. He was walking around with this huge smile on his face. Well, you'd be happy, too, if you're not going to pay your debts, right? <laughs> it was like he was completely oblivious to the fact that he ruined our great city. And he doesn't I, see it that way. They no, never see it no, that way, ever. Right. Um, it's He was noble. He was virtuous. Yes. He I, I, I will tell you, I always liked the guy as a person. He did make a lot of mistakes, a lot. But you did you see how Curtis Sliwa, he was also at the inner circle? Did you? He uh, wanted a picture with you, Curtis. Yeah, I ran. Bill O'Reilly, I ran away from him. That, that would haunt me to the day that I would die. You, you know, I, I don't think I'd take a picture with de Blasio. I'm serious now. I, and I take pictures with, with almost everybody who's polite and respectful and wants one. But I wouldn't really, you know, I think the guy was so destructive, so selfish, um, so deceitful. Um, that I just uh, don't have any respect for him. And I would never take a picture with somebody I don't have any respect for. He came over to our table. And normally when somebody comes over, I was always taught you're supposed to stand up and shake their hand. I just couldn't do it. I just sat there and I just was like, oh, mm. you know, I was polite. Yeah. But I just couldn't do it because I, I would be fake. I would be disingenuous because you know he decimated the You know what my main beef city. is against him? And it extends to Cuomo and Hochul as well. There are a lot of dead people because of these guys. He's right. You know, and then their families have been altered forever negatively. And, and it's like, oh, yeah, well, I'll have irresponsible policies and I'll demonize the police, which, of course, 
they're the only agency that can prevent murders. But uh, but I'll do that, and then I'll walk around asking everybody to post pictures. You know, when that early on in uh, De Blasio administration, when he went to a funeral and the cops turned their backs on him, everybody remembers that, correct? Yep. The police did the right thing mm-hmm. because you have to set a tone. Um, when you're a leader, and de Blasio was a leader of this city, and Hochul and Cuomo, leader of the state, you have to set a tone that puts the people first, not your dopey ideology, whether it's liberal or conservative, not your self-worth or power. The, you're elected to help and protect the people. That, that is your job. Is there anybody, anybody, going to say Bill de Blasio for eight years protected the people of New York City? Is there one person who's going to state that, that, you know, isn't a loon? I don't think so. Bill, Ed, Ed Cocksher, the job is defined in very common sense terms, and you got to be an executive to do it. He wasn't an executive. He just never got into it. But never his got philosophy of life is what bothers me most of all. Look, Joe Biden is governing in an irresponsible way. I mean, you, you have to know that you can't have an open border. You can't have runaway inflation. And, and the guy doesn't know what to do. But is it Biden's fault? Yes, it is in a way, but he's a diminished man. He, he didn't bring in a far left sensibility that's never worked anywhere. De Blasio did. He brought it in, and, and he was going to try to create this whole new world. They tried it in San Francisco, disaster, Chicago, dead people all over the place. And yet the people who did this, instead of being humble and saying, you know, it didn't work, and I'm sorry it didn't work. I tried my best, and now I'm going to take another look at it, and maybe we'll govern differently. Instead of doing that, they doubled down, as a cliche goes. And I'm tired of it. I'll tell you, I am sick and tired of it. Who's paying for his fancy hotel stay? Well, it's not only you know, that. That's an interesting question. He, he has a full security detail. Six yep. men, one woman, different shifts, eight, sixteen, and, and to three shifts, around the clock. I don't begrudge him the security detail because I think there are people who would hurt him. Yes. I um, but who's paying for his, uh, his hotel at about, you know, I figure it's 600 700 a night plus the room service and he and his wife are getting... It's probably a donor of some kind, somebody who he did a favor for, who's made millions and millions. And, of course, we all know the real estate business in New York. That's the that's what they do. Um, they do favors to politicians. The politicians make it easier for them to make money, and then they kick back to the politicians. But going on since uh, it was New Amsterdam, not New York. Uh, Bill O'Reilly, what do you think about Department of Homeland Security Chief Mayorkas? I mean, talk about doubling down, saying that they're just processing everything's uh, under control at the border. And then the disinformation czar, minister of truth, he said she's eminently qualified and knowledgeable and neutral. Well, look, Mayorkas is on his way out. He'll be gone by September. Um, He's a disaster on every level. But I got a kick out of the right wingers, the conservatives jumping up and down about this new truth commission. And I and I said, why are you even bothering to get upset about this? It has no power. None. It can't do anything. Again, anybody with an ounce of common sense knows it's a charade to try to divert attention away from the disaster that's the border. So why is everybody being upset? This is just another dopey, stupid policy that Americans should just at this point be used to by perhaps the worst administration in the country's history. I I don't think they're going to get by Buchanan, who directly caused the Civil War because he wouldn't do anything about the uh, South assembling all their arms. But he's close. He's bad. He is. He is bad. And uh, speaking of bad, uh, did you hear what's going on in Times Square with the pot trucks and they're making the marijuana look like candy? I, and, yes, and just, I did. Yep. And that is another Hochul, another uh, Cuomo. You legalize marijuana for recreational purposes. You're basically inviting children to use it. And I don't care 
If you're an adult, you want to smoke pot in your basement or eat the little lollipop with pot on it, you go right ahead. Just don't get in a car. But children, once you get intoxicated, and you're talking to a former high school teacher here, once a child becomes intoxicated, the childhood is over. Mm -hmm. And with all the derelict parents we have, not only in New York City but around the country, all the parents who don't give a rip what their kids do, you make that pot available and they'll say, oh, they get it now anyway. You know what? It's harder to get it. On Long Island where I am, it's not easy for kids to get marijuana. They can get it, but it's hard. Bill? You legalize it, it's going to be easy. Bill, it's, uh, it's Richard Weinberg. Uh, based on my experience, I will tell you as follows. Number one, marijuana is a gateway drug to other more serious drugs. Number two, the kids' brains are not formed until they're 26 years of age. Therefore, this is doing enormous damage to their to their brain cells. It's loss of brain cells. Three, as you correctly pointed out, they shouldn't be in cars because when you're stoned on grass, you're as dangerous as if you're drunk driving a dangerous instrumentality. This is all about grabbing for dollars for state revenues. And all these states that have done that have done a terrible thing to our country. And by the way, look at the statistics in Colorado. The accident rate went up tremendously because people were driving who were stoned. 10%. Uh, 10% more DUIs. And they don't even have an accurate way to test the pot in your system. It takes a long time. But here's what people don't understand. In a city like New York, which is a constricted area, we have eight and a half million people uh, living in a very small area, okay? In, just by contract, there are only 500,000 people in the entire state of Wyoming. So we're on top of one another here in New York. I would say about 400,000 New Yorkers are addicted to hard drugs. That's methamphetamine, cocaine, heroin, fentanyl, whatever it may be. Many of those drug addicts are now going to buy the legal marijuana and then sell it to children to get money to buy their hard drugs. Nobody knows this, but this is an industry that has popped up in Los Angeles, in Portland, Oregon, in Seattle, in Denver, because now it's easy for these drug addicts Rather than stealing and mugging and doing all that, they can just buy the pot, the pot lollipop, and then sell it to a 12-year-old and get their money for heroin. See, this is what I mean. This is called cause and effect, unintended consequences. Have you heard that anywhere? Anywhere. Have you heard? You guys heard that, what I just told you, anywhere? No. No. Okay. Now, the legislators have to know that if they do any research at all into legalized marijuana. But they don't because they don't care. Well, I can smoke pot, and it's not a gateway drug for me. I never graduated. See, it's all about them. Never once do they project out to the child that doesn't have a responsible family, to the child who's battered and abused and looking for an escape mechanism. No. Don't think about them. It's all, well, I smoked pot when I was a hippie in 1968. It didn't hurt me. Uh Uh-huh. So we live in a very self-centered society, and that's what you see in Albany. You see them all voting for destructive things because they're too stupid to know what the end result will be. Nobel law being the first and most dramatic part of that. Well, Bill, let me just extrapolate on that. I've already been in Times Square. They're dealing on every corner. They have card tables open, trucks. There are too many dealers. Now, remember, even though it's decriminalized in New York and New Jersey, you still can't sell. It's illegal to yeah, sell. It's a federal offense. Right. So yeah. now the you're going to have this. going to prosecute it. No, but you're going to see the gangs are going to have shootouts now over who gets the turf to sell. Because there are too many marijuana dealers, and this is the gateway to the world, Times Square, and there's no well, attempt. that should never happen anyway because it's a public safety situation. You can't have a bar, people selling alcohol, on a table in Times Square. Okay? Now, I'm sure they'll do it, but when you have a district attorney who won't prosecute any of this stuff, why not do it? You're not going to – nothing's going to happen. Maybe you, they'll haul you down and give you a ticket. You don't pay it. 
You're like the Blasio. You run up a million and a half dollar debt. <laughs> All right? So this is called anarchy. And that's what we have in law enforcement in New York. Anarchy. Do you remember when K2, remember when K2 first came out? They were they were selling it in the bodegas and they were making it candy flavored. And then until they saw like the kids walking around like zombies up on 110th Street, 125th, especially 125th in Lexington, mostly you would see it. And that's what I feel like is going to happen here. We're going to see it. What, what does it have to take? I'm not even a f- in fan of the vaping. The vaping shouldn't be candy flavored. The they flavors, shouldn't sell. The yes. flavored cigarettes. What are they doing with those? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The vaping. A lot of kids are addicted to vaping. They're you complete- know what? But here it always comes back to racism. And it is racist because the kids with the responsible parents, the responsible parents are going to pick up that the kids stoned or vaping. Right? They're going to know. I mean, I raised two kids. And I would know immediately if there was anything wrong with them at all. And, you know, they knew I would know. That was an inhibitor to them. These kids with no supervision, okay, and a lot of them are minority children. Well, who do you think they're going to be selling to? Who do you think is going to be stoned all the time? You don't think this is racism? Yeah, there's some rich white well, kids that's that do they, it. Yeah. That's, that's who they hurt the most is the black that's and brown right. kids. Absolutely. That's right. Dumbing down of America. Um, and it's, it's – it's, you know, if I were up in Albany, if I were Hochul, and believe me, I am so down on her, oh, mm-hmm. I would be saying, what good is this? Well, we're going to make some extra money. Uh, yeah. And then what are you going to do course. with it? With the highest tax state in the union, and you can't even fix the roads. So Bill, what do you we, think all that money's we going? Were, we were out in Southampton, and they were, they were discussing, the politicians were discussing, oh, uh, we're going to have an extra uh, million dollars in tax revenue if we uh, uh, pass uh, the uh, marijuana, marijuana law. Mm-hmm. And I said, what the heck are you going to do with a million yeah. dollars? For what? What are you going to do with it? Well, the I good, mean, the- you're better <laughs> off raising, if you raised every house by $10. You get the million dollars, yep. and and stay away from the uh, from the drugs. Yeah, but hey, some of, some of the towns, I think there were nine towns out on Long Island that said no to the sale of marijuana. Just in their say towns. no. That's what. So the good news is that the local representatives on Long Island, nine of the towns out there, both in Nassau and Suffolk, said no to the legal well, sale. Of I'd marijuana. like to see the whole scoreboard every sometime. The fact we, that we're we, profiting we, off of children's brain cells being diminished and killed, and their success yes, being limited, is, is dis- that's the point. Vile. They're going to make an extra million in it's the whole vile. town. Now, let me it's, let me just sinful. make one more point before I go because I know you got a packed show. So a lot of people are uh, very, very upset and scared about Putin threatening nuclear weapons. Okay, We've heard this and heard this and heard this, and there was a comment in Wall Street Journal all over the weekend about it. So I want everybody to know how powerful the United States is in the weapon area, and that is a centerpiece of killing the killers of the secret war on terrorists. This book lays out the weapons that we have, that we are using, that no one knows about because it's all classified information in this book. These weapons are so awesome, and every kid uses that word, but this is literal, so awesome that if Putin ever, ever dared to use a weapon of mass destruction, the technology that the United States has right now in space, active right now, can take him and every cohort in Russia off the map in a day. So people should be reassured. you got to read Killing the Killers. I'm telling you, you are going to learn more about um, the world in this book than I think any other book I've seen in recent times. I'm going to be so, listening to you tonight on WABCradio.com yep. and BillOReilly.com. And at 9 o'clock to 10 o'clock, every Monday through Friday, listen to Bill O'Reilly, and he's got one great show. And what are you going to talk about tonight? Well, we're opening it up with um, why the financial markets have turned on Biden. Finally. Is the, and, is the interest rate going to go up a quarter or a half? 
I don't know. I, I can't make those kind of predictions. I'm but, predicting a quarter because they're going to chicken out. They're not going to raise a half. Let's well, see. the business community turned point. on him, and that's hurting every single American. And this is really shaping up to be a disaster. Can I get your book on Kindle? Killing the Killers, the Secret War Against Terrorists. You can get it everywhere. We'll come right. to your house and read it to you. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I need a new one. I need a good book. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank right, you, Bill O'Reilly. Uh, we'll, right. we'll talk to you later. We'll be listening later. Right. And now on the line, we have Paul Luntzis, and he was in the Wall Street Journal right next to uh, uh, Warren Buffett. And uh, we talked to you on Friday. You didn't tell us you're going to be in the Wall Street Journal. Uh, give us a synopsis, a five-minute, six-minute synopsis on what happened with Warren Buffett in uh, Omaha. Thanks, John. Um, some of the big issues that often come up, the first is the amount of cash he had. He had $147 billion at year-end in cash. He spent um, a big chunk of that total, around $51 billion. Um, so he's around $100 billion now in cash. He spent most of that in March buying. They bought Allegheny for 11.6 HP, the public company, for 4.2. And he added $21 billion to Chevron. And then Allegheny added, what? You didn't say it. Allegheny Insurance. I'm sorry. Okay. And then he added um, 74 million shares. He added a bunch of shares to Activision, which is an arbitrage situation. So the point is he's gone down with the cash. Cash is king. He doesn't want to go below $30 billion because of the uh, insurance liabilities he has. And he, he doesn't want to have to depend uh, on anyone and wants to sleep well at night. So the spending of the cash is one issue. The second succession, Greg Abel's the vice chairman. He oversees all the non-Berkshire insurance operations. He's going to take over if anything happens to Warren. Ajit Jain, who's going to run all the insurance. And then Ted Wexler and Todd Coombs are going to run the investments. Tell um, us about really Bitcoin. Did. Well, Bitcoin's the big one, John. That's another one. Buffett basically, in his thoughtful way, gave some comments about he prefers productive assets. He said, I'd pay $25 billion for 1% of the farmland in America, 1% of the apartment units. I'd pay $25 billion. I wouldn't spend $25 for all the Bitcoin. Um, he also said, I don't really believe, you know, something that depends upon what someone else is willing to pay for it. So he obviously isn't for Bitcoin. He said the only currency that's really accepted to settle debts is, um, is the U.S. dollar. Charlie Munger, who's a, a, quite a bit more direct, um, he said, I try to avoid things that are evil, stupid, and make me look dumb relative to someone else. And Bitcoin has all three. China's been very smart um, because they banned, they banned it. it. Mm. Uh, now, now let me ask you a silly question. You know, yeah. it's hard to, you know, I think it's one being con game, too, and I've always said that. But there's one thing I don't understand. The creator, whoever they may be, of Bitcoin, how did they set up uh, on if you mine it and you use uh, $100,000 worth of electricity, you can mine a Bitcoin? Who's getting the benefit of the mining and, and the electricity? You know, John, that's, I, I don't know the answer to that. The bottom line is when you get Bitcoin, what do you really have? Um, you know, because money's a store of value, a medium of exchange, and a unit of account. And Bitcoin's really none of those. So, and the volatility, you know, I just don't know. And Charlie also said, John, that, you know, I don't welcome a currency that's so useful to kidnappers and extortionists and so forth, nor do I like just shuffling out of your kidnappers, of your extra terrorists, 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 extortionists, uh, kidnappers, and, uh, kidnappers, and you know what else? Uh, uh, yeah, and, uh, uh, yeah. Prime ministers that are crooked, because I understand all the crooked prime ministers mm -hmm. are putting the, their, their, whatever they steal from their own country goes into Bitcoin. Yeah. And, 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 you know, so Bitcoin, John, was a big issue. Again, both of them have really railed against it, Charlie, more directly. They also talked about the stock market being more of a casino and a trading marketplace. Buffett said even the big companies have become poker chips. Um, you know, so, you know, they were really quite negative in a lot of areas. Um, they talked a little bit about inflation. You've talked about it, John, where inflation basically swindles everyone. It takes money out of the pockets of investors, both bond and stock investors. And the other thing I've been saying is when you when you switch, when you made fossil fuels the enemy in North America, it's making, making the American people poor 
and making all the foreigners richer. And not only that, John, it's not only an economic issue, it's a national security issue. And the final point about energy, it really is, you know, they've really, really harmed jobs by not allowing the energy industry, you know, putting all these headwinds in front of them instead of giving them tailwinds. Thank you, Paul Luntzis. Thank you about your your adventures. Welcome back to New York about your adventures in Omaha, Nebraska with Warren Buffett. And we'll catch up with you again real soon. And we're going to take a break. And when we come back... We're going to come back with Vito Fasella. What's going on in Staten Island? What's going on with the strike with Amazon? What's going on? Uh, I understand there's a play ball tomorrow with the Ferry Hawks. Let's take that break. A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katsimatidis and Cats at Night on 77 WABC. Take me out to the ball game. Hear it? Take me out with the crowd. You know what that means? Bang ball! Then Cracker Jack. Staten Island Borough President Vito Fasella is about to play ball at Vito, this. Vito Fasella, Borough President, are you throwing out the first ball? I don't know, John. Last, <laughs> I, checked, it was your, last I checked, it was your team. So. <laughs> but well, we'd so love whatever to, you want me to do, I'll we, throw we'd love for you to Let's start a rumor. It's Kim Kardashian. Oh, well, that's not a bad thing. They're at the Met tonight, the Met Gala. Yeah, she's going to come um, over with Pete. Well, we'll have somebody maybe close enough, but uh, I'll do whatever John wants. I think with the, when he's assembled there and just a short period of time has been great. The stadium is looking great. Uh, some of the best views in, in the world from any you know, sports venue. And I think a lot of people around town are getting excited, and it's going to be a Vito, big you got to uh, come up success. with a terminology. We're going to make Staten Island great again. <laughs> we, wow, it, that's well, it is great. It is great. We're going to make it even better. How about All right. That, that sounds good. Cool. We're no dumb. You know, and, you know, the, the one thing I've been thinking, uh, J- John, is I know a lot of folks, it's a Staten Island-centric team, but, you know, we have a very vibrant now fast ferry of a regular Staten Island ferry coming in from Manhattan downtown and 34th Street. So for their young families out there who might want to take a nice spring or summer ferry ride over in less than 20 minutes, you can be at a ball game and spend for a family of four, you know, less than 100 bucks. Which is not a bad deal. Yeah, in New the York tickets City are only what fifteen dollars a piece. Fifteen dollars, and as I say, in, in, from downtown Battery Green is a um, um, there is a eighteen minute high speed ferry, and the regular ferry is free, and it's less than thirty minutes. So, for folks in downtown who want to take see, a the important to see thing, a ball game, Vito, the important thing: how much are the Nathan's Franks? Because I can eat four of them. Well, if we can, maybe we have that. Coney Island competition, but we'll do it on Staten Island this year as an alternative. I, I think you're right, and Curtis Lewa, you're the expert. Oh, no, that's right. That I stuff. finished third place in the uh, hot dog eating contest, Coney Island, uh, 1996. But out in Staten Island, it should be Usosage, the sausage yep. eating contest. No, 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 no. We only do Nathan's Franks. Oh. <laughs> I only do Nathan's well, Franks. What about the beers? I know a lot of people want to know how much are the beers, the ballpark beers. That I can't help I you don't with. Know but Staten you know, Island was home to many uh, breweries, breweries uh, a couple of hundred years ago and all around the downtown St. George Stapleton area. So it's a rich history when it comes to beer. And, and to Curtis's point about sausage or pizza, whatever it is, uh, when, when you want some good food, you can always come to Staten Island. That's for sure. Uh, that I can attest to. We have that one Italian restaurant, me and you, Vito, go to it. And uh, yep. that, that place, the food is terrific. That's La Fontana, and it is great. And uh, and they're not, it's not alone. We have a lot of great restaurants. Obviously, a heavy Italian uh, concentration, but in all all the ethnic groups are well represented here on Staten Island. I was driving around Staten Island yesterday. I went to Frank Morano's uh, uh, mm-hmm. uh, christening for his uh, car mine, and my wife commented, "Look at how clean every lawn is." Mm-hmm. Yeah, people take pride in well, their homes there. Yeah, and we want to make it even better. As I say, we want to make it even better, John. We, we, we're very sensitive to anything, with, you know, litter campaigns, graffiti. We don't want to come back to Staten Island. We want to improve it. We want people to be proud of where we where we live. And when people visit, like you and, and Margo do on a regular basis, and I know your love of the people of Staten Island, no, we, want it to, we, want it, we want it to be proud. We want to um, put our best face forward. 
and we're going to continue to to do so as much as we can. Borough President Vassellos, give, give us an update. What's going on with Amazon? Because I was scared that if Amazon lost the vote, that they'd close up the whole facility. I think that's a genuine risk, right? Because Amazon is so huge, they could, in theory, take the position of we're going to send a signal, don't don't do any of this across the country or wherever they may be. Uh, and and obviously the the, the 800-pound gorilla in the room is always, do they move to robotics, right? A lot of folks don't realize that Amazon's uh, typically the, the number one employer on Staten Island, so it's important to keep them here. But they also have to be in the five boroughs, right? Now, there's a, people coming in from Jersey to Goffles Bridge, Outer Bridge Crossing, they pay a pretty hefty toll. So it's advantageous to be in the boroughs so you avoid paying that toll. But I don't think they're too hot to trot to expand if they realize their labor costs may go through the roof. So uh, there was a second vote actually today in another facility that voted overwhelmingly not to unionize, which was interesting. And uh, I think it's just something to keep an eye out uh, and, and to see where things go. But for now, the the vote was overwhelmingly against unionizing the second facility. Well, the first vote was very at Cox here. The first vote was very close, yeah. wasn't it? It was relatively close, and by the way, Ed, more uh, more than half the people didn't even vote the first time around. In this case, 62% of the eligible employees voted, and it was almost a two-to-one or so uh, vote against. And, uh, you know, it bodes well. Now, Amazon, to my knowledge, is contesting the first vote. Yep. But as I said, we'll see where that ends up. Vito, it's uh, it's Richard Weinberg. My, my problem here is the foolishness of doing things that drive Amazon out of the city of New York. You see what AOC and her crowd did with respect to the development in, uh, in Long Island City. We should be doing everything possible to encourage their investment. They create jobs, they provide services, they pay taxes. What say you? Well, it's always good to hear you, uh, Your Honor, and thank you. And, and you're right. I think the city, Staten Island, we want to create a culture that businesses want to come and grow and prosper and plant their, plant their flags and put people to work. And whether it's economic security or personal security, we need to roll out the carpet to say, you, we want you here to do business. In just a few short years, Amazon, as I mentioned, has become the largest employer in Staten Island because they love the, the work pool, the labor pool. They know people are conscientious. They want to work. And to to just reflexively run them out of town is just a silly long-term crazy, crazy. Uh, consequence. And these were good-paying jobs that she ran off. These weren't like assembly line workers. These were good three six-figure jobs. As an example, they they will pay uh, college tuition for Amazon employees at the local college of Staten Island. That's a nice benefit to have. And I think what happened in response to the first vote, again, everybody has a right to collectively bargain if they want to and unionize and organize and all that. But I think what happened is people began to realize that they could potentially lose some of these benefits or that Amazon may move in a different direction. And they came out and, and voted and they sent the signal that, no, we, we like what we got. That's what my interpretation yep, was. Yep, I agree. Uh, Borough President Vito Vassella. Play ball. I'll see you tomorrow night. Thank you for coming on. Thank you, John, as always, and see you tomorrow. Good night, everybody. Appreciate it. Uh, We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to have George Arts uh, uh, with us, and uh, he he worked with uh, Ed Koch, and they want to take away the Ed Koch Bridge. And, you know, also we're going to talk about, I guess, redistricting. We've got Ed Ed, Ed Cox. Not Ed Koch in the studio. If we have Ed Koch, I'm running. What the heck is going on? (laughs) Let's take a break and we'll, we'll be right back. Welcome back to the John Katzmatidis Cats at Night show. Start spreading the news. Oh, we got George Arts on the line. He is uh, the president of George Arts Communications. He's also a political commentator. He's been around for decades. He also was very good friends. At least friends. 100 years. Yes, <laughs> with Ed Koch, and they're trying to defame the guy. I mean, God, what did Ed Koch do? The 59th Street Bridge. Welcome to Cats at Night. George, it's uh, Richard Weinberg. I just want to tell you, 
I find it absolutely ridiculous. One of the best mayors, if not the best mayor this city has ever had, one who fought to bring the city back and successfully did that. They want to remove Ed's name from the bridge. What are they talking about? Well, Richie, I I think you know that the person in the center of this, uh, Alan Roscoff, hated the mayor uh, long before his death nine years ago. Um, And now these elected officials uh, feel that their careers are being threatened if they don't um, agree with Alan. And and so they caved to him. Um, And they they were hoping, my guess is, that uh, that this would never come out. Well, this is cancel culture. George, this is cancel culture. It's worse. Um, I think it, you know, look, Koch would say that they're just a bunch of wackos, but, you know, in fact, they're they're doing, it's not just cancel culture, it's canceling out a great mayor, a a man who really ran this city and, and is, you know, was one of the great characters. Of, of this city. Um, how am I doing? Everyone used it. Uh, you know, so, it, you know, it doesn't make sense. It's like giving in to domestic terrorism. Well, now, George Arch, this is Curtis Sliwa. Uh, two of the people uh, were friends with Ed Koch. Carolyn Maloney, who served in city council at the time. She's running for re-election in Congress. And Tom DiNapoli, uh, who has no threat. He's been, he could be controller almost virtually for life. Why do you think they folded on this since they had personal relationships with Ed Koch? They, they did. I think that they, they both felt um, threatened to some degree and if they didn't do it. And, and, threatened uh, by whom? By Alan Roscoff. And who and who is he? I never heard what, of the guy. Who, who is, is him? Why do we care? Let's, let's take it off. I can't refuse. <laughs> George, is, that, is, is that what we're talking about? Yeah, it, he's a gay. It, he's a gay leader who. Um, and Cox is gay. So what's it, wrong with that? Is there a gay mafia that we don't know about? <laughs> it, you know, and they, they were afraid that you know he would say bad things about them. They're politicians. They have a thin veneer. You know, George, you know, I was a Democrat for a long time. I was a Bill Clinton Democrat. And and I am disappointed in the – there's a lot of common-sense Democrats out there. I am so disappointed in the common-sense Democrats that they won't stack, you know, stand up against this woke culture. John, who is worse? Uh, somebody like de Blasio that's oblivious and delusional, thinks he's a f- amazing and puts ideology before everything, or somebody like Maloney or somebody like DiNapoli that knows I, better and they don't have the courage? I am just disappointed. Both Maloney and, and, and DiNapoli are good friends of mine. I'm disappointed. I think they should just stand up and say enough is enough. Look what's happening in Disney. I, that's right. you, you got to stand up to the woke. Look, I don't think they feel thrilled about about this either. Um, you know, at the Inner Circle, the show on on Saturday, uh, some of the people came up to me and uh, and apologized to me and tried to explain why they did it. Uh, you know, so, and so, it, you know, so, it, so, it doesn't make sense. So, if you have your integrity, stand up for yourself. So, so look, how's how's that doing? Is it going to actually happen? Or I can't believe it's going to happen. I think it's particularly given that where it started, it just doesn't make sense. I think that I think people will stand up for them. It will stand up for themselves and it, against domestic terrorism. All right, I I want the record to be clear here, George. You know, this is a bridge, as, uh, as Curtis has pointed out, that has three names. The Queensboro Bridge, the 59th Street Bridge, and the Ed Koch Bridge. From now on, yes. I am calling it the Ed Koch Bridge, always and never using another name. But well, I'm going to make Thank a prediction. You, I think they'll succeed. I think they're going to strip his name off of it. I hope not. I, mean, I think no. they will. Look, Disney has lost. The stock is down to $115. I mean, the old regime is going to come back. But is is the woke RAOC and this guy that he mentioned, are they really that powerful, Curtis Lewa? No, but again, the history tells us 
We did nothing when they came for Ed Koch. <laughs> then they came for the U Carry Tunnel. <laughs> then they came for the RFK Bridge. And what did we do? Uh, nothing. Hey, what about the Mario Bridge? JFK. When will it end? You know, it, it's simply uh, it, it's it's simply a, uh, a terrible situation. It's the, the you know what I've been saying, George. You you've heard, you've listened to our show. You know what I've been saying. Yes. We have to put common sense Democrats together with common sense Republicans to do the right thing. Because if we don't get make this city safe, we're going to lose it. We this city yes. has to be safe by by uh, this November's election. And you know how people used to say. I'm not sure if you heard my expression. Remember the Alamo. Remember yes. Buffalo. Remember Buffalo. They, the socialist was running. Every top Repub- Democrat endorsed the socialist for mayor. And common sense Republicans, common sense Democrats joined together on a write-in ballot for the old mayor, Byron. Byron was Brown. 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 And on a write-in ballot, they beat the, 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 the Democrat that was running as a socialist for mayor. Well, speaking Which of, is impossible. Speaking of socialists, you got an AOC-backed protege that's trying to take down the Columbus statue at Columbus Circle. I mean, this is how crazy it's it is. It's not going to happen. No. It's not going to happen. we got to put a stop to I'm it. Gonna, we're going to put our foot down. And I'll give you another one. I got a, I'm a member of the Columbus Club. I got a letter saying that uh, to address to Biagi's granddaughter right. that's a socialist and says your, your grandfather will be turning around – in his grave. Mario Biagi. Mario Biagi. By the way, and, by the way. let me I'm give you some information. I'm going to republish that letter in the New York Post. We may have to take responsibility. Uh, Ms. Biagi was an intern at WABC. Oh, my God. Not, not under this leadership. Not under this leadership. No, no, no. Not, not under John. But her, her congressional career is over from what she did with that. I loved Mario. I love Mario, yeah. too. Remember, the and most I'm, highly... and I'm disappointed in his son, Mario Jr., for supporting his uh, in-law. Yeah, but remember, well, Mario Biagi, the most highly decorated police officer in the history of the NYPD, who had over 20 shootouts with members of organized crime and other street criminals. I he mean, was a proud wow. congressman. He was a proud uh, police officer. God bless Mario Biagi Sr. proud New Yorker. And, and Mario Biagi Sr., if you could hear us, because, you know, we broadcast, it goes a long way. Yes. If yes. you could hear us up there, oh. we're going to take care of this and we'll make it right. Maybe his daughter got, the granddaughter got indoctrinated in college, like we're seeing with so many of these oh, kids. George, George in college. always what good to see you. I saw you Saturday. shocked. George, I saw you Saturday night. It's always good to see you. Thank you so much for always coming on the show. Good to see you. God bless you. Yes. and. And we better straighten out our, our city and our country, and God bless America. Thank you. Thank you. We're going to take a break, and we're going to come back with Dr. Peter Michalos. And he's got some innovative – he's always got interesting news. Yes, you so want stay- to li- listen to this because before you buy that electric car, listen to this report by Dr. Peter Michalos coming up. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. It's a common sense recap of the big stories. It's Cats at Night on 77 WABC. Welcome back to the John Katz Matidis Cats at Night show. Right now on the line for us, our Renaissance uh, man himself, our resident genius, Dr. Peter Mikolos. And before the break, because now people are talking about getting electric cars, right, with the gas prices. But you're saying not so fast. What do you have for us, Dr. Mikolos? Well, another uh, major explosion fire of an electric bus in Paris, France. And I was watching the video, and it's quite intense, but the reason it relates to health and safety is because when these electric cars explode and when they uh, have car fires related to the lithium batteries, it puts out hydrogen cyanide gas. 
So if you're ever involved in a, that type of a fire or you're in another type of car, run away as fast as you can from that type of fire. Of course, try to help anybody get out of it first, but they burn extremely hot. And also after they put them out, they also reignite multiple times, which is a big problem. And most fire departments around the world are not prepared to handle it because you need special chemicals. Right now, they're using an average of 20 tons of water to put out one electric car fire versus three tons of water to put out one gasoline uh, type of fire. So this is going to be a problem with all these uh, electric cars around, and now that they're putting them in condos and basements, when one lights up, it can ignite in the series of a chain reaction. It's almost like like having gas heating at home versus oil heating. So, Peter, there are billions of dollars in the current bill that's in conf- uh, conference, the innovation the bill, they call it, for electric school buses for kids mm. to make it national. What do you think of that? Yeah, no. Well, I think that's a big problem. And until these issues are worked out and uh, also the issues of the electromagnetic fields and uh, the concept of this being a large reverse Faraday cage that some scientists are concerned about with electric motors, Wi-Fi, and uh, Bluetooth all bouncing around inside this metal box. We don't even know what the long-term health risks are going to be. So there's a lot of unanswered questions. And, you know, here on WABC, we always want to try to get to the truth. And, uh, and I don't think we've Dr. Peter, we've been doing this for a few years now. I don't think we were wrong once yet. Well, you haven't been no, wrong. I, I mean, even the redistricting, it started thanks to you. Thanks to you and Ed Cox here that you two are instrumental and were you saved New York. We fight. We you fight saved, New York. You saved New York from the grips well, of the Socialist we, Party. We better, we better tell them, save tell them. New York this November. Ed Cox, tell exactly the truth. Tell them. Uh, tell them, yeah. Tell them, tell them. We better save New York from this, from, uh, this November, I tell you. Otherwise, we're going to lose New York if we don't make it safe. Get what do you rid- say, Curtis? Oh, absolutely, although I have some news on that front with the redistricting. Uh, Andrew Cuomo has printed up his independent petitions. Oh, my God. He needs to get 45,000 signatures news? to get on the ballot. Uh, it's expected that he will make the final decision within days, just waiting to see if every election is going to be in August. That means... Statewide governor, controller, lieutenant governor, uh, assembly, senate. That deserved the breaking news. Okay, the breaking news. Get the breaking news. Okay, say it again. Say it again. What you just said, because this is huge. This is huge. That control form is alive. He's running. I've been predicting this. We did. Andrew Andrew Cuomo has the petitions printed up. Uh, He needs forty-five thousand signatures. He'll easily get that because you can collect signatures from anybody. Wait a second, but who does that hurt in in November? Well, that'll guarantee a Republican governor. By the way, all the. All the gubernatorial candidates have to get new signatures. Or he could win. I I believe as a matter of law they're going to have to. I think they're going to have to put – first of all, there's a lawsuit, I understand, filed against the state assembly lines. The same rule that the Court of Appeals articulated with respect to defective process, unconstitutional. All right. All right. Let me me go on with Dr. Mikolos. (laughs) Well, I wanted to ask Dr. Mikolos. You have a cure cure for politics, I wanted to ask Dr. Mikolos. A cure for politics, yeah. The pot candy. How devastating is marijuana to children? Does it kill brain cells? Does it make them mind old? Does it alter their minds? Tell us about it, just how dangerous this is. Well, the problem is that a lot of times you can't control the dosages of what's inside these candies, and uh, we don't really know uh, what exactly where they're being made, how they're being manufactured. The other thing that nobody talks about is Duke University study where they showed that in male sperm that it actually causes long-term epigenetic damage in those people, and that that's generational damage to the DNA where you actually alter the DNA and when you smoke marijuana, nobody really talks about this. Just Google anybody out there or whatever website you use. Just go and put Duke wow. University all marijuana. all the men grab their crotches. <laughs> nobody talks about this. No, but this is serious because this affects generation. I, and it's a, to me, it's a concern because what happens to other generations and certain de- defects that are going to happen in uh, children who are uh, produced, who are exposed, their genetic material has been violated by uh, you know, this, I'm sure it has a lot of medicinal value and it helps a lot of people and it makes people. Breaking news, WABC. 
Peter, Dr. Peter Mihalos, I understand there's a new vaccine in town that's a normal vaccine versus well, what we what have now. Novanax. Yeah, Novanax is a company from Maryland that was given $1.6 billion uh, tax dollars to produce a vaccine the uh, regular way, just like the shingles I, vaccine. I, and that's cheap compared vaccine. to the, the Buffalo Bills Stadium. Right. And uh, basically, they're applying for an emergency use authorization on June 7th in the FDA's meeting, and they're seeking approval for people 18 and up to get the vaccine. And it differs from the mRNA vaccines and from the other viral vector delivery vaccines like J&J. This vaccine basically delivers proteins with immune-stimulating additives in it called adjuvants. Is it good for all the uh, COVID variances right now? Well, that's the problem. It induces our immune system to fight back, and it's like uh, stimulates it in a more general way so that it covers, you know, multiple viruses. That's the idea. But it was originally developed, like all the vaccines currently, are for the original Wuhan variant. But we actually need vaccines that are variant-specific, and at this time we don't have it. In the study, 90.4% effective against the original alpha variant. But uh, so far, the side effects have been uh, very low, and it has been approved in 41 countries. And do you know what the batting uh, average is so far? Well, it's another option, and the good news is that people who are afraid of... uh, Is it it 85 percent, 90%, 95%? 90%, and it might give you more than six months of immunity, so that's why it's being looked at. Australia already approved it. And the side truth, justice, Dr. Michalos, truth, justice, and the American way. If this song doesn't remind you of cats, I don't know what does. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Peter Michalos. Thank you so much. Thank you. And uh, Judge Weinberg, Ed Cox, uh, Curtis Lieber, my sidekick. Don't stop kicking me. <laughs> stop kicking me. Lydia Serrani, John Katsimatidis here. God bless uh, America. God bless New York, and God bless the universe wherever Superman came from. (laughs) Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh.